Hey, che- cheers, cheers, bud. Cheers. Did you pour a new, a fresh Mimo? I did. Me too, bud. Oh, I love it. All right. I'm a gin guy now, so I got that going for me. Um, gin and pineapple juice. Gin and juice. Gin, uh, sipping your gin and juice. All right. We made a... We made martinis this past weekend, and oh, uh-huh. I didn't realize that martinis are just like—is is the- is this our new drunkest episode? Because <laughs> I'll be so excited. Like, okay, are we gonna have like we're gonna have like a a list of like how? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, please continue. I feel like if you're if you're gonna listen to Hellbilly Deluxe, you have to be like a certain level of yeah inebriated or uh-huh. under the influence or something. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that martinis are just straight alcohol. Like there's nothing there's. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Hold on to your butts kind of style. Um, welcome back to seven memos with Jake and Elliot. I'm Elliot. And I'm Ron zombie. No, I'm Jake. Ron. Okay. Uh, and this is the podcast where we talk about (laughs) (laughs) nineties radio rock and electronica whilst sipping mimosas some might say it is the internet's premier (laughs) comprehensive comprehensive based podcast (laughs) based on alcohol citrus based alcohol drinks all right i like i like that flourish at the end it's beautiful thank you jake how you been man been doing good you know i um how long has it been um, it's been good. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that new Wonder trailer today? Oh, I did see the Wonder trailer. Um, uh, question for you though: Did you did you have to take a cold shower afterwards, or or what? Because I was wrong. No, I, I was really. I was perplexed as all hell. I, I have no idea what's going on and like what they're doing. And and like it's it's uh they've got something planned for Phase Four. MCU stuff. Is this another Ooh. episode of checking in with MCU <laughs> with Jake? <laughs> this is this is what I call MC Who? Because uh, <laughs> what what are they doing exactly? They seem to have a plan, but because they they they're big planners. I'm sure they've got calendars all over the place. Um, because the next film after the Infinity Saga is Black Widow, but if anyone saw. Endgame spoilers, she passes. So, what the hell? And then Vision dies as well. So what? And then, and then uh, the the new Disney Plus show, the uh, series of shows, is going to be WandaVision. But Vision's dead, right? So what are we doing here? I read something fascinating today, and okay. I got freaking so excited about this. So. Are you familiar with the House of M storyline from Marvel Comics? It came out about, if I'm not mistaken, 2005, 2004. Oh, H- House of M. Um, is that the uh, is that uh, Magneto taking over the X Men? Um, kind kind of. Well, basically, what happens is I'm really now. Okay. As a 
I don't know what it is, but she has like a breakdown, and as part of her as part of her breakdown, she ends up killing Vision. Uh huh. Like Vision dies, and I think Goliath dies, and Hawkeye dies as well. Um, and so House of M is when um, Wanda creates this like entire alternate you know reality where there were like there are no mutants or something like that like she says like no more mutants and it like uh-huh. does away with mutants and so like it makes this like alternate like utopian reality and it's like a story of like and everyone wakes up and like captain america is an old man peter parker is like a celebrity um it's it's oh. really great story and like no one but like Wolverine remembers everything, so it's this story of like Wolverine right. trying to like track down. It's Wolverine and like a, a like I think it's like a young girl and she's a mutant and she has the ability to like bring people back to like the real reality. Okay, so it's like Wolverine's teamed up with this girl and he's going around to these like superheroes that don't realize who they are. And bringing them back to the re- back to reality, and House of M is Magneto. He's like this, like he, he has like a royal family, and it's like Wanda, Quicksilver, and I think he has another child who's not a mutant, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. And it's basically like Wolverine getting all like the MCU together to like s- like lay siege to the House of M, which is Magneto. Yeah. Um, and it, it totally makes sense because, like, Disney owns the X-Men now. Yeah, they do. So if they're doing the House of M saga, oh, my God, bro. Like, it's... Wow. Yeah. It's gonna, what? Like, I kind of hope they bring back Aaron. Is it Aaron Johnson Taylor? Aaron Taylor yeah, Johnson. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. They- Speaking of, he is in... A new movie, Aaron, Aaron, whatever, kick-ass, Aaron Taylor Thomas. <laughs> Aaron Ooh. Jonathan Taylor. Can we do a, a JTT appreciation episode? Um, no. Anyways, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> Shut down. <laughs> Anyways, um, I saw, is it Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson? Is that right? <laughs> whatever. Kick, whatever, hell, kick ass. I saw kick ass in a movie recently called Tenet. Oh, you saw that? I risked my life <laughs> to see Tenet. <laughs> uh, it was either um, I don't see Tenet with the rest of the world and live happily, but then I thought to myself, well, I'm not living happily right now. So I might as well <laughs> go into a movie theater with a bunch of mouth-breathing COVID victims and watch this movie that I really want to see. So I did that. Uh, <clears throat> I went to the lovely Alamo Draft House, and they got a whole system. No one's, there's no more servers anymore. No one's walking up to your table and asking you what you want or anything. You, you, like, you check in. You order. Like, if, if you want a beer, you order it while you get your ticket. You walk in there, it's all sterilized and blah, blah, blah. I felt fine. And, you know, people were wearing masks and stuff. And I saw a tenant, and he's fucking in it. He shows up, like, in the third act. And I'm like, it's fucking kick-ass! Um, 
it didn't uh, save the movie from being impenetrable <laughs> plot wise. And uh, it, it's got that Nolan thing where it's just like every line of dialogue is exposition. Like uh, <laughs> the main character's name is, is protagonist. Okay. His, no, his name is Protagonist, no. and like, and that would like no, yeah. um, that would have been fine, like in the script, like, like oh, it's like, it's like Fight Club where we don't really know Ed, uh, Edward Norton's real name; he's just the narrator in the script. But in this movie, he refers to himself as the protagonist like three times, and it's really. <laughs> It really took me out of the flick. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's odd. Uh, but I mean, the movie's cool, but like, certainly not my favorite Nolan flick. And I would say, like, uh, I'll give it a B minus. Um, it's neat. It's neat. It's neat. But boy, boy. Hmm. Don't don't risk your life to see it. I'll, I'll say that. I, I I have not known anyone that's actually seen it, so I I know Chris Chris Christopher Nolan's like one of those directors where it's all, like anytime he has a movie come out, it's like an event, you know. It's yeah. like same thing with like with Tarantino, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just like oh shit, the new Chris Nolan, and, and it's always in yeah. thirty kilometer or something, and yeah, and that sucks that you know this this crazy time and you can't cause that, that, those kinds of things, those kinds of things are fun. You know, like I remember being so stoked to go see like Inglorious Bastards or, Oh my God, forget it. Yeah. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's so fun. It's like you, you, you get a chance, you know, we're in our thirties. You get a chance to feel like a little kid again, going to the movies. Here's like, Oh, it's a new, it's a new, some, it's a new film made by someone I admire. And, but yeah, yeah, it's a chance to be uh, communally excited with like everyone else and all that, and I and I dig that a great, a great deal. Yeah, it, it's like you know, it's like going to it's like going to a concert with folks. You know, like like everyone's enjoying this. Or, or ideally, ninety percent of the people here like this band, unless they were dragged here by by an asshole friend. Like, like we're all gonna we're all hyped as hell to see this. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, like no one said like. Oh, I'm going to go see the new Kenneth Branagh movie. Uh, he's doing Thor. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Branagh is in Tenet. No shit? Yeah, acting his ass off, by the way, steals the movie, I would say. He's incredible. I, uh, I, what a talented dude. I, I didn't, like, like, what else has he done? He did, um, what's that? Did, you, did, did he do Rocketeer? No, he, dude, I did a rewatch of Rocketeer recently. Wait, Joe Joe Johnson did Rocketeer. Directed it. Uh, same director as Captain America: First Avenger. Let's see. All right, so Rocketeer was directed by. Oh God, this is why I have Man. a podcast with you, Joe Love Johnson. It. Boom. Who also directed Captain Tommy. America: First Avenger. Boom. Damn, Boom. Damn, you're good. Well, think about it. If you if you're making a Captain America movie in set in World War II, who's the best like nostalgic that time period guy? The dude that made Rocket Rocketeer. Done. Rocketeer kicks ass. <laughs> like, How was your, your Rocketeer rewatch? Oh man, dude, Timothy Dalton, Tim, Timmy D, <laughs> Timmy D. Uh, 
one of the Bonds and really good in Hot Fuzz, right? Hot Fuzz. Uh, well, Jennifer Connelly is in Rocketeer. Jennifer Connelly, I mean, she, it's almost, it, it's, it's incredible. She's playing like an actress from like the late 30s, 40s. She looks like a Lauren Bacall. She looks like, she was just like, Pluck out of that time, but she's. Inc- I, I love Jennifer Connelly. I I I I think she might be the most uh, captivating person on the planet. I I can't even. I can't even hang, dude. She talking about WandaVision, totally married to um, <gasps> Paul Paul Bettany. Yeah, totally yeah. Who plays to- Who plays Vision? Um, and beautiful and. And, and. Yep, break it together. You got the it. Voice of, it's right there. The voice of Karen. Yes! She's the voice of the suit in Homecoming. Boom. Nailed it. When she's Where, in the, ele- when they're in the, when he, in the elevator thing in the Washington Monument, when she's like, yeah. She's like, do it. Kiss her. Kiss her, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss her. Oh, boy. Hey, speaking of MCU, um, I haven't talked to him in a while, but. If you had to cast our friend Adam Driver as someone in the MCU, who would you make him play? Oh, damn! I can. I don't want him. I don't want him to play a villain because he he was Kylo Ren, right? You know, um, I want him to be like like an anti-hero, um, maybe because he's just. That's a good question. Hmm. I was thinking maybe uh, off the top of my head, honestly, he would be a good Cyclops. That's that's weird you say that because I was thinking of another X Men character, but he's a villain, which I don't want to do. Uh, Mister Sinister. I like that too. I like that too. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Sinister, uh, he was, I can kind of see him being like a really good, like, Harry, uh, um, Harry Osborne. Harry Osborne? Peter's friend? Yeah. Hobgoblin? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I like him in a, in a Spider-Man, as a Spider-Man villain. I'm going to think. You see more X-Men? Yeah, I don't know, like, the, something about the stoicism that he has. That's a good question. That's a super good question. Um, right? Uh, there's a world where he would be a good silver surfer. I could see that. I was literally, I swear, I swear to God, I was literally being like, he could voice a really good silver surfer. Well, that's, that's what I want Keanu to play in the MCU. They've been talking about bringing Keanu into the MCU for years and years now. And like, I think he, give him silver surfer. It's perfect. Keanu just needs to be like Galactus, like the most like powerful. No, no. <laughs> no, that's that's when no, come on, that's when you need like a that's when you need fucking Kenneth Branagh to come out and play Galactus. That that would that would be sick. Uh, that would be nuts. I don't like. I don't. I don't know. But uh, rumor is that they're gonna do King the Conqueror as the next big bad. It's gonna be the actor from Love Lovecraft Country. Um, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, so I, yeah, I was trying to Google it the other day, but I'm not sure. That's the rumor, at least. But I don't, I don't know enough about that character to even comment, so I don't know. 
Apparently, he's a time traveler from many, many years in the future. He comes back, and he's like an he's a, a like an enemy of the he's like a, a foe of the Avengers. But he's he's got kind of like a crazy backstory where he's like when he comes back and fights the Avengers, he's a bad guy. But then he goes back to a different time, he's a good guy. I I honestly like house if, if they do House of M, I will be. So happy! I love. I absolutely adored that storyline. House of M oh. and Civil War were like two mm. storylines were like I followed them really closely. So when they did Civil War, I was just like, I'm I'm psyched for them to introduce mutants into the MCU for sure, and and do do an X do an X Men movie where Wolverine's not the main character. Who would you cast as? Your your next Wolverine. My next Wolverine. Uh huh. Shia LaBeouf. Done. Damn, that's good. <laughs> that's really. Who would I? Shia LaBeouf is. It's amazing that they haven't brought Shia La, Shia LaBeouf back into. Well, I mean, that they haven't brought him into the MCU. I don't want someone like handsome to play Wolverine. I want I want like Wolverine to be played by like a short, stocky, you know, buff dude. Yeah. Like Hugh Jackman's like six one, so I'm like that's not well that's not my Wolverine. Even though of course um, it's great. Short stock dude. So me. No. <laughs> dude, you'd be a great Wolverine. I would love that. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, Sh- Shia would play a good uh, Cyclops too. I-, I just want I want them to do Cyclops right, and like uh, he's like the X Men fans, X Men, you know, because everyone hates Cyclops because he's like, oh, he's the Boy Scout guy, whatever. But like, look what they did to Cap. Like, I don't know. There's a way to do that character right and like make it you know, anguished and awesome. And like, see, Driver would do that shit really well, you know. It's exciting. I I, I think like the next 10 years are going to be, well, I mean, it's just going to be like the last 10 years is going to be like things that we thought would never, like if you had told me 15 years ago, shoot, 10 years ago, that Captain America was going to fight, you know, Thanos, Thanos, using Thor's hammer and his shield. Like, I would I would have been like, nah. Like, you're not... There's no way. There's no way. There's no way, man. <laughs> um, you know what I... You know what I think would be a really cool... Um, really cool storyline with if they did... Did you ever read the Marvel Zombies storyline? I don't know if I actually read it, but I know what you're talking about. And that's, uh, that's bonkers. Right. That would be neat if they did the Marvel zombie storyline. And I could think of no one else to do the soundtrack for that besides Sir Robert Zombie. <laughs> oh, he's knighted? It's Sir? Sir Robert? <laughs> Brave Sir Robert. Brave, brave Sir, Sir Robert. Bravely, brave brave Sir Robert of the Zombie Shire. <laughs> so everybody at home, this week, 
I had my partner Elliot listen to 1998's Hellbilly Deluxe, written and recorded. Excuse me, excuse me. Full oh. title, please. Full title, please. Oh. <laughs> no, wait, you know what? I got it. Uh, I mean, there's no time for you to Google these things. I listened to Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. You listen to you listen to Rob Zombie's Holly Berry Deluxe. Holly Berry Deluxe. <laughs> She's already Deluxe. Uh, which is, of course, Holly Berry with, um, with tomatoes and sour cream. <laughs> I listened to Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe 13 Tales of Cadaverous Cavorting Inside the Spook Show International. It's a mouthful. It really is. Just like Halle Berry. <laughs> so, Elliot... What were your thoughts on um, this iconic industrial metal masterpiece? Jake, can I tell you something real quick? Hit that me. this might blow your mind and blow listeners' minds. This album, I loved it. <laughs> yes! Dude, Jake, I love it. I, I love it. Like, I love it. <laughs> like, it's, like, exactly where my head's at. It's exactly where I want to be. It's the perfect, perfect mashup of rock and roll, metal, and electronica. It's danceable. All I want to do is jump up and down while listening to it. It is fucking gorgeous. And I'm going to pour myself another Mimo because congratulations, Jake. You win. This we one's... This one's fucking awesome. Give the applause. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I fucking love it. You, like listening, listening back to it today, like there were so many, there were so many times where, like, some, like there'd be a part of somebody be like an electric drum beat or like a, some really interesting, like cool electronica, um, like in, instrumentation, and I'd be like, oh. Elliot's gonna dig the hell out of this. Oh, he, yeah, he'll love this. Um, did you know that this is, uh, buddy? This is an electronica album. This is electronic music. It's, 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 it's yeah. there's no getting around it. This is electronic music. It just happens to have fucking metal guitars in it. <laughs> tell me, tell me, Jake, where were you when you first heard Hellbilly Deluxe? Um, so I know, I know, we've spent a great deal of time on this show. Um, talking about uh, the cinematic works of Devin Sawa. Yeah. At least I think we have. We do spend the majority of this show drinking mimosas and other <laughs> and other adult beverages. Um, we've, we've talked about but, Devin Sawa, a friend of the show. Okay. Friend of the show. <laughs> um, Devin Sawa made a movie, um, I guess in like 99. Uh, it would have had to be because it featured this song called Idle Hands. Um, We've talked about Idle, Idle Hands, I think, probably three times. <laughs> I, do make, I do make an attempt to bring it up every episode. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, got, uh, it's got Seth Green. Um, talk about the uh, Marvel. Eldon Henson, who also played Foggy Nelson. Oh. And... Uh, my ultimate 90s crush, Jessica Alba. Forget it. At one point, Devin Sawa is watching music videos and 
it's either uh, Devin Sowell or Seth Seth uh, Seth Green uh, and Elgin Hansen are watching music videos, and they're watching Rob Zombie's Dracula. And it's that like it's like they're almost doing the Night at the Roxbury head shaped, you know, thing. Oh, in the fake car or whatever. Yeah. It is Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing Rob Zombie. That was the first time I've ever seen Rob Zombie. And it was this, like, super creepy, like, music video-looking thing. And I was just like, what is this song? Like, what is this? Um, and that's that's where I first heard Rob Zombie. And then, uh, when The Matrix came out... Um, yep. Dragula was also featured on that soundtrack, um, but it was a remix. It was the Hot Rod Herman mix. Correct. And I mentioned a friend of mine who had the soundtrack before. I remember being like, hey, can I listen to that CD just so I can listen to this Rob Zombie song? And I, I listened to it over and over again. I, I loved it. Um, but yeah, that's... So 98, 99, that's when I first learned of... Robert Zombie. Uh, how about you? Um, okay, so in those late 90s years, you know, around the Matrix, some of that, when I guess Rob Zombie, at least his solo stuff was taken off. Because am I wrong by saying he's the lead guy in White Zombie? No, that's totally true. Boom. Anytime White Zombie would pop on, I kind of dig the hell out of that. Whatever they're doing, I like it. Uh, and it was the production, dude. And then, so you know, Rob Zombie became a thing like later on, uh, you know, his solo stuff and all that. And then, and then later his movies. Um, uh, and I was like, this guy seems interesting as hell. He's a big ass nerd. Clearly he's a big horror nerd. And he's got this whole like image that he's figured out, but like diving into this album, I hadn't heard much of it outside of Dragula. Um, at the time. And, and, and let me know what you think about this. I was listening to a lot of uh, Rammstein. I could compare their production techniques because Rammstein used a lot of, um, well, here we go, compression. Just You're just taking over. It's as if you're spreading out this, the noise through the room. You're really ex- exploring the space and like really taking up as much room as you can. You're spreading it out like a fucking carpet. On this album, there's always a kick drum. It's always 4-4. It's always stomping. And that's like hitting the hardest. And it's going to hit you right in your fucking sternum. And everyone's going to go absolutely apeshit and jump up and down. And it's just pure fucking fun, joy, awesomeness. (laughs) I want Rob Zombie to produce the next Korn album, dude. Wouldn't that be cool? It's. uh, I'm glad you brought up Korn. Um, I was going to save this for later on, later on in the episode, Um, but I actually saw Korn and Rob Zombie together in concert um, back in 2016 or 2016, 2017, and it was fucking awesome. But no, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. Like the production on this thing is insane. Like. uh, the, so the guitarist Riggs, who uh, I was reading his Wikipedia page, he's actually like based in Austin. Or I, I mean, that would, can you imagine if that guy just like came to like, a, like an open mic night, like and he just started like ripping on like Jagula or Living Dead Girl. Anyway, would you be able to recognize um, him? Would you recognize him? 
not unless he was playing a see-through guitar with fake blood in it. Um, <laughs> I thought, of course, probably wouldn't be able to. And that's what, like, so, like, like, like you were saying, like, Rob Zombie, total horror, horror nerd. Like, this yes. album is just, like, it's supposed to be just, like, an album about horror movies, songs written about horror movies, and it's a love letter to genre, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100P. Like, this, it's, and, and I think that's why I love it so much, because you, you kind of, like, you feel like Rob Zombie's love of genre, love of horror music in every single song. Like, and all the lyrics are over the top, and, like, the imagery presented on the album, the album artwork, it's just like, you're just like, what is this? It's it's like, I think the original came, came with, like, a comic book, you know? Like, it's... Uh, the, the, the cover art looks like an episode or an issue of X-Men or something. I'm so happy you enjoyed the Trek Island. I had a feeling you would, um, but I'm, I'm so happy you did. Uh, any standout tracks? Um, okay, well, okay, uh, of course. Uh, really loved Super Beast. Like, it's just, okay. So the album feels Woo! a little... Yeah. The album feels a little front-loaded because, like, the, the later tracks get a little odder and all that and I'm sure that's by design but like um, I was like okay well maybe we can okay like um, last episode we talked about introducing and like the the way that album like plays out is so beautiful to me this one I'm not so sure but I'm gonna listen to it again I'll tell you right now uh, and, and <laughs> maybe I'll find find some hitter some inner meaning in that um, I was really into it <laughs> Demonoid, Demonoid Phenomenon was awesome um, of course, Living Dead Girl, and of course, Dragula. Uh, just freaking forget it. I'm on board. I'm on board. I remember the music video for Living Dead Girl. Like it was, it was like Rob Zombie. It was black and white, and Rob Zombie was playing like a carnival barker kind of thing. And I want to say it was his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie, who I, I don't know, like. I, I I love that Rob Zombie like incorporates like his like his wife into all his work like she's like she's acted in his films like she's featured like she's like reading like the call of the zombie the first track like it's like a like a poem that opens the album that's her uh-huh okay yeah uh, um uh, this guy sounds cool that he uh, that he loves his wife I love that you know I like um and I, it's so weird. Like I remember, like an episode of like Cribs that he was on, which is interesting to think of, like Rob Zombie on Cribs. Oh, that would be like, like the number one episode I would want to watch. I want to see what this guy lives like. Like, is this house insane? He, it was like it was everything you would think of Rob Zombie. Super gothic, horror movie memorabilia. He was yeah. like, at one point, his wife comes out and, she, and he was like, "Yeah, he's like, this is my wife." He goes. She just got me this like prop from the monsters. It was, but the little kid. It was his toy doll on the show. This is actual doll that he used. Like this guy. Like, did you ever watch the monsters? I mean, maybe at like on, on like Nick at night or something. I don't even know. The name Dragula is based off of Herman Munster's car in the monsters. Uh, so it's yeah, just, yeah. it's like, honestly, like. Rob Zombie's way cooler than me, and, like, because if I was Rob Zombie, my house would just be, like, just, like, with a bunch of, like, Simpsons shit, you know? Like, I mean, people are like, oh. 
Like, I'd okay. be making movies just, like, based off Simpsons episodes. Um, I don't know. I, I love that he has his wife on it. I think, I think it's romantic. Um, it's very but, you know, I, I loved Meet the Creeper, like, Spook Show Baby, um, and, of course, Super Beast. Like, I just... And it's you're right like it's that drum it's like that driving drum beat yeah you know like the guitar is just so like crunchy and in your face and heavy i loved it <laughs> yeah dude this is this is a this is a huge win um like uh this, this slam and kick drum it's like bam 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 so everyone has someone something to uh lock onto and the crunchy crunchy guitars bro and then uh but everything like the production is maxed the fuck out there's a lot of really interesting um uh drum loops in there a lot of electronic uh you know a lot of a lot of drum machine stuff going on a lot of samples this is another sample based album like a lot of these weird little even if it's his wife like he's using the little quotes and stuff like that um i was kind of blown away very impressed kind of kind of fucking love this one dude i love it dude i'm so happy <laughs> when we stop recording i'm gonna listen to it again i'm not even kidding hell yeah <laughs> dude you nailed it you nailed it this time um <laughs> this is not another I, rem fiasco where i hate <laughs> <laughs> i don't I, how do i like our how do i like rob zombie more than rem i don't know what i do <laughs> It was so fun to go back and listen to the record. I hadn't listened to it in such a long time. Um, it was such a fun treat to go back and revisit. What do you, are you familiar with any of his any of his movies? I was going to ask you. Um, I saw. Oh boy! What, uh, I remember seeing House of a Thousand Corpses. I believe in the theater. Was that the one with Rain Wilson, Dwight from The Office? Yeah. When they like turn him into a fish or whatever, I don't. Know. Uh, and then I think I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw Devil's Rejects. Oh, and I definitely saw his Halloween, which I'm not sure if I cared for. But uh, um, I'm just impressed by a dude that can do all of this. You know, um, uh, he's my. I don't know. I, I'm maybe I'm a few memos in, but. I am in love with this dude, and I think he's a very impressive person, and I like that he's doing what he's doing, and he's clearly got, like, here's, okay, here's my fucking, here's the hallway of doors I'm about to open into cool things that I like to do. Fucking metal tunes, fucking comic books, movies, horror movies, and then he's just, like, he's, he's, like, he's destroying things, and I, I admire that a great deal. So he brought in Riggs on guitar. Um, he so he had a band, and Tommy Lee actually played drums on a couple songs for White Zombie. Oh, oh, for, uh, no, for Hellbilly Deluxe. Oh, really? Okay. Like so, I he wrote. I know he wrote all the music, but he was like he was putting a band together. Right. Um, and like Tommy Lee, I think Tommy Lee had just gotten out of prison at this point and he needed a place to crash. So he was crashing at Rob Zombie's house and they were recording the album there and they were, and like the producer was like, Hey, do you want to get Tommy to play on some tracks? And I, I mean, it's kind of like saying like, I don't know, what would it be like? Hey, do you want Square Safety to shoot your, like your iPhone video of you? Like, yeah. 
Tommy Lee is like, like I mean, like I like Tommy Lee. I think he's an incredible. He's like maybe questionable character at some points. Um, but of course, but like if someone were to like, hey, do you want Tommy Lee to play drums for your song? Like that's what you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Would you consider this new metal? Not at all. Not uh, at all. No, I would say this is like industrial. Okay. Because you know, of the uh, because of the technology at work here. Yeah, I think this is like its own. Uh, I saw uh, like one of the producer credits of the cook, the co-producer, which I think is Scott Humphrey. Um, he produced like Power Man Five Thousand. Okay. Um, wow, I remember. Oh my god, I remember that band. Oh my god. Or or he worked with them. I don't know if he actually produced what, them. What but. was their big tune? Uh, when worlds collide. How'd that go? Um, this is what it sounds like when worlds collide. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go, and you're gone. Okay. I remember that band name at least. Oh, sure. Alright. There are bands like, you know, like Corn, I would say Static X. You know, Rob Zombie that kind of got lumped into that like late nineties. Even though Rob Zombie, I mean, Rob Zombie was doing his thing with like White Zombie, you know, in the early nineties. Um, yeah, he's been I, for a minute. Yeah, I think I read somewhere on the White Zombie page that like, like Kurt Cobain was a fan of White Zombie. You know, um, okay. but like these bands just like evolved and like broke into this like new kind of like industrial sound. And they brought in this like. Where like Romstein was doing it in Germany, and they, you know, it's like electronic industrial sound. It's those bands are the ones that people we're still talking about today. You know, like twenty plus years later, it's like I still bring up Ramstein, Romstein in like a conversation, like oh shit, Duhas, and people will be like yeah, you know, like or you know, or Dracula or Blind, you know, or some, something like, or Brackish, you know, where you can, you can mention the song and people are like, that song ruled. But yeah, no, I, I think this, 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 is a, this was an exceptional album and I'm, I couldn't be more happy that you, that you enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it a great deal. Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts? Um, I need to listen to more Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what does he have after this? Does, does he put out did I see a Hellbilly Deluxe 2 somewhere? Uh, does he have more shit out there? So he did... After... After Hellbilly Deluxe, he did um, American Music to Strip By, which was... I think... Um, it, it's like a... It's um, like electronic remixes of a lot of these songs... It's not to be something to look into. Okay. Uh, it's got the um the Dragula version from um Matrix on there. Yeah. It, it wasn't the Dragula version from Batman and Robin. It was on the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to remember which awesome movie was better than the other one. Okay. Just trying to remember cuz you <laughs> cuz you're killing this episode, dude. I'm sorry. I'm just jealous. It's okay. Uh, are Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson buddies? They are. They 
I think they toured together and like the the tour name was called like the Unholy Duo or something like that or cool. Unholy Twins, but yeah, they, they totally are. Because uh, there, there was a, there was a tune on here, and not just that I didn't make that up, just because you know same era kind of metal tunes. But like, there's a song in here. Ah, oh boy, I forget which one. It might have been Ballad of Resurrection of Joan was a whore. Uh, but like, he was doing kind of a that Marilyn Manson thing where he has like a uh, where he like harmonizes with himself, but off pitch. So he has that weird like bleh, 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 kind of thing going on. Yeah, I don't know. It, just, it was like, oh wow, do they do they share production methods? And even like, um, you know, uh, oh, beautiful people, the banana nana song. <laughs> <laughs> banana nana, banana nana. All right, um, <laughs> like there, there was a sound that they figured out how to do, and they figured out how to record it, and match it and compress it to like where it hits the fucking top meter of uh, you know, you, the capacity of your volume and that's how that's how fucking Zombie did it, that's how Manson did it, that's how Rammstein did it, and you know what it's worked out pretty well since so <laughs> I'm all for it and uh big fan Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you... And you actually, when you brought up Rammstein right now, it made me realize our January plans to go see Rammstein in San Antonio this month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God damn it. So, I think they rescheduled the show for 2021. All uh, right. So, oh, see you there. Oh, I've got a thing that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could make it 11.30. I got something that morning. <laughs> Yeah, they're playing at 11.30 a.m. Yeah. Uh, uh, one more thing. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, Super Beast, my favorite track on the album, uh, really reminded me a lot of a song, a, a track called Come to Daddy. Um, Jake, what did you think of uh, my submission this week, which was the Come to Daddy EP by Aphex Twin. I was actually really, really surprised by it. Um, like, so when you, when you sent me the, I know they're, you know, for, for the listeners at home, Elliot and I bounced ideas off each other. Like, cause I had Rob Zombie, I had presented Rob Zombie, like I, I, maybe a month ago. Like I was like, I want, I want this album to be our, our spooky season album because it's Rob Zombie and you were psyched. Yeah, like I was like I was like it's Rob Zombie. All the albums are about like horror movies. What else can I do? You know, like this this is the one. And my partner Elliot was like, oh, I want to do. I can't figure out one. And he presented me at the eleventh hour with Apex Twins' "Come to Daddy" from nineteen ninety seven. Um, and I'd never heard Apex Twin before, like not at all. Like went to this Beautiful. totally blind. Fantastic. Um, and so love that when you sent me when you sent me the artwork, which is very terrifying. It's really upsetting, yeah. Like remember remember in the ring when like if you watch the video and you take a picture of yourself, your face was all warped. Like that's yeah. what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um, so Jake, I was like, oh shit, like, 
Jake, did this did this EP scare you? Well, that's what I was gonna say. I actually found this to be quite an enjoyable listen. Fantastic. Like uh, album artwork aside, there were some there were some moments on this EP um, that I found to be just kind of like, ah, oh, that's this is very chill. This is very relaxing to me and mm-hmm. serene, that, you might say. Serene, yeah. Like that Beautiful. being said, like, yeah. there, there were some tracks like. Um, uh, uh, Bucephalus bouncing ball. Um, come to daddy. The 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 pappy mix that I found to be yeah. like, yeah, very very in your face. Very remind me a lot of like um, remind me a lot of the of the prodigy album we listened to earlier in sure. the season. Yep. Um, but it, I was so surprised that, that there were times when I was like. Oh, this is lovely. This is very chill. Yeah. Uh, please tell me you caught the music video for Come to Daddy. I didn't catch the video. What was it? Oh, boy. Okay. So um, you refer to the album art, which is, which is a, f- a photo taken by Chris Cunningham. The Come to Daddy video is one of the most insane things ever. Um puts a film it's just, it's just scary as fuck um really should we take a break and you just watch it real quick <laughs> so we can talk about it? i'm not even kidding you want to do that okay, okay let's okay. take a quick break we'll watch it okay <laughs> so is apex are they known for their like like horror element like let's get one thing straight off the bat Aphex Twin is the is the uh, pseudonym for a person we think is named Richard D. James. I say we think because it is one person, um, and there's a lot of mystery around this this producer. We'll call him this artist. No one knows a lot about this dude, and I'm excited to talk to you about him for for a minute. Uh, Aphex Twin has been around for for a minute, and, and is and is considered in the electronic electronic uh, world to be considered kind of um, kind of a genius. Uh, the, his productions, the 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 songs he puts out, no one really knows quite how he does it, because uh, he's he's working with tempos and and time signatures that you can't program you know like if you get a something we talk about a lot beat machines in the in the in this world um it's like here we go four four i put the bass drum one two three four i put the snare two four but he's doing something that no one quite could figure out at the time where he's like switching time signatures and um, speeding things up and slowing them down and getting sounds like talk about, you know, last episode, DJ shadow sampling old albums and stuff. He's sampling computers glitching out. Like you know, remember uh, like uh, instead of sizing up a drum beat, he would slice that up, create hi hats and kick drums out of these weird ass noises this dude is out of his goddamn mind. 
<laughs> no one knows what his deal is. He's probably a fucking genius, but no one knows much about him because he's a bit of a recluse. Is he the is he the face that we see on the out on the album artwork? Yes. Um, okay. um, Apex Twin Richard Richard D James oddly oddly and like notoriously used his likeness as album art on this album in his videos and on the uh, I believe the self self titled Richard D James album which is called the album Richard D. James. And he used like a grotesque likeness of himself. Yeah. I, I've seen that picture before, like that iconic, like it's like, it's a distorted face and it's almost like orange reddish. And he's look, he looks like sm- yeah. angry that he's smiling. Yeah. Like grinning ear to ear, eerily. As in, like, uh, I'm going to fucking murder you or something horrific. Uh, yeah. So this, this, this fucked up music comes from a weird place with this dude. There, there's a lot of theories about this dude. There's a lot of rumors about him. Um, a friend of mine insisted that he's, he uh, met him once and um, Apex Twin told him that he lives in a tank. Like in his backyard, like he has a tank in his backyard and he just sleeps in it every night. <laughs> this is postmodern. This is this is weird for the sake of weird, as the thing I think the Simpsons put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote down in my notes a complete disregard of what normal music is. He has no, there's no verse chorus. He has no interest in that at all. Uh, which, which you you might notice is just inherently upsetting, like or or discomforting. Like sometimes there's vocals, sometimes there's not. Sometimes there, you know, I, I don't want to say vocals. I want to say human voice incorporated into the um, incorporated into the tapestry of these recordings. It is the wildest ass shit you're gonna hear, um, and I think it's kind of brilliant. So, you know, watching that watching that video, that's that's obviously probably the, the come to daddy pappy mix. Um, I like the little the little Lord uh, Falternoy mix, um, which is uh, track three on Spotify. I think it was a little less. It wasn't as it wasn't as abrasive. Yeah, if if I can interject real quick, huh. and, and you'll forgive me. Um, this is going to set a new precedent where, uh, especially in the 90s, especially in the uh, mid to early 90s, with the idea of remix, uh, quote, unquote, remix, um, th- those come to data remixes have nothing to do with the, the other tune. We don't really know what come to daddy original is because the one from the video or the one or you know the the from the release is the pappy mix it says and then the little lord falteroy mix and then uh later on the mummy mix seem to uh, they appear to have nothing to do with with each other with each other at all like yeah so that, that, was, that was one thing because you know like you never hear like a remix like you it's like 
they take like a chorus and they like drop it into a, like a techno thing or electronic thing. I didn't, there wasn't a lot very similar in, in, in these remixes. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, is he, is he doing the remixes? Yes. That's c- clearly him. Yes. Is he from the UK? Yes. I kind of love the I kind of love the idea of like of like Apex. What's what's his name again? Richard Richard D James. Richard D James. I kind of love the idea of this like underground. This I'm just making it up in my head, but like this like underground like brilliant like DJ club where it's like you have Fatboy Slim, you have like Richard D James kind of like getting together, and you're just like they're just like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, oh nothing you know just like i i just because you you gotta you gotta think that these guys because i imagine they, they were coming up at the same time that they were making music at the same time like their their, their past would have had to cross right <laughs> apex twin and fatboy slim are on totally different ends of a spectrum yeah um, totally um and you know what? Something we talked about last episode. Richard D. James, otherwise known as Apex Twin, might be um <laughs> the Daniel Day Lewis of electronic music. Really? Because he he's doing something he, he, uh, he is of high regard and he's doing something that no one quite understands but tries to appreciate. He is the Banksy of electronic music uh, no one no one no one gets it fully except for him including like you know his the way he titles his remixes if you if you dive into his other releases like some of the song titles make no sense at all his uh, earlier work um, like selected ambient works uh, ambient works uh, um, he said came to him in a dream when he was trying to make music that he heard in his dreams this dude is on another level of weirdness but um, I think he's tapped into something that's um, quite interesting and uh, and it's certainly fun to listen to so like I loved um, Is Us um, yeah beautiful I love um, a weakling child. Um, this song actually reminded me of a of a song by um, one of my favorite bands, The Postal Service. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Which is, of course, you know, um, with Ben Gibbard, um from Death, uh, Death Cab for Cutie. That breakdown really, I could hear. A, hear I heard a lot of Postal Service in, in what you mentioned was doing in '97. And I think the post service came out in 2003, so six years later. So I can totally see that influence. Um, yes. Like super sweet sounding song. Did you like Flim? Track two? Uh-huh. That was, that was the main one where I was like, oh, like this, this sounds like just like, like, a, a, I guess a light electronica song, you know, with like a sweet little um, piano part. And it's just, I was really, they really caught me off guard. Um, it was, it was something I, I'd never heard Apex Twin before. I, I'd seen the name, you know, thrown around a lot, music yeah. magazines, blogs and stuff, but this was wild. 
cool, man. What uh, overall um, overall idea of Apex Twin? What did you what did you, uh, what do you think? We had a in in a meeting we had. I talked about how. I was working on my thesis and how I was trying to listen to music while doing so, but I couldn't focus on what Metallica was saying. (laughs) And you said, throw on some DJ shadow, you know? Yeah. I I said, yeah, play DJ shadow while you write or whatever. And you're like, no, 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 no. And after listening to these two albums, like, honestly, like, I honestly already have a playlist made up of like just instrumental stuff that I can listen to while, while writing. Um, Cunningham came up with the idea of uh, like putting the faces on these kids and like, like, Oh no, your, your face uh, is part of this. Yeah. It's some, some weird thing where he like embraces his, uh, he embraces the grotesque. Um, not to say he's an ugly man or anything, because he's actually a pretty good-looking dude. But uh, he just—he just—I think he has some sort of—he has a lot of um, self-anger, you know. And, and uh, by all accounts, is a recluse and just spends all of his time inside making these weird tunes. Someone found him on SoundCloud under like under like the name like you know one two three four five or some nonsense where he was he was unloading like uploading like tunes uh there are big apex twin followers out there that they're obsessed with this and obsessed with like figuring this music out like as if as if like each tune is a piece to a puzzle that means something um because the music is so perplexing because on our last episode we talked about how I was excited to talk about more REM albums from the 90s and how you said that, you know, there's going to be times when you're going to have to repeat artists. But um, yeah. I'm certainly looking forward to to revisiting, revisiting more. And I, I'm just looking at his Spotify page now. As you see, he does have a lot of his, his own... Um, his own face as part of the album. Looks like Window Liquor. Oh, my God. Jake... Window liquor is. Uh, I'll send you the video for that. Uh, I think I believe it's Cunningham again. It is maybe the most uh, uncomfortable, danceable funk tune you'll ever hear. Uh, Window liquor is Epic uh, Twins, probably his best known tune, and it is fucking sick. It is the. It is fucking badass. And of course, there's a really uh, otherworldly video to go along with it. And it's also quite disturbing. But it's like the funkiest tune you'll ever fucking hear. It, it, was, it was as if he was like, you know, in the 90s and he was listening to all this other electronic music being danced to. And he's like, well, I can do that. Like, you know, I figured it out in my head. Like, I just know. <laughs> One of the uh, final thoughts for for Apex Twin. One of the things you said just uh, a little while ago was he embraces the grotesque, and I think in a weird way, I honestly think that Hellboy Deluxe and the Come to Daddy EP, um, I think, really worked really worked well uh, hand in hand. I mean, Come to Daddy came out in nineteen ninety seven. 
uh, Hellbilly came out in, I think, 98. So there's a very strong possibility that either Rob Zombie or his producers he, that he was working with were fans of this album, you know, because I, and I yeah. feel like Rob Zombie is also an artist that certainly embraces the grotesque. You know, he's made movies about it. He's built his whole career around it. I mean, his name's Rob Zombie, you know? Correct. So these two albums, I think, work really well together, especially because, like you said, Hellbilly Deluxe had, like, that electronic element to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to dive into more Apex Twin, and uh, and I'm super glad you enjoyed Hellbilly Deluxe, too. Absolutely. Well, uh Listeners at home, please do yourself a favor this spooky season. Uh, enjoy some Apex Twin. Uh, and um, Oh, please enjoy some Rob Zombie, too. They're, you know, like, I honestly, you, you talked about, like, Halloween parties right now, and I thought about a, a Halloween party we went to at our friend Ruben's house and how, yeah. um, like, how fun a night that was. Everyone was wearing costumes. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, just made me really miss just like hanging out with buds and dude. Well, well, let's let's figure out a way to do it, man. Come on. So Jake, figure next album. Wait. Oh, you know what, Jake? Do you wanna do you wanna come check out my new place? Oh yeah. So I heard you're moving. You, you moved to um, Blood Splatter um, Avenue. <laughs> That's what the kids call it, but it's actually called Stefani Manor. Oh. Stephani Matter. It's a uh, it's a it's six 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 um uh October thirty first lane. Ooh, <laughs> which is very hard to Google. Believe me. Yeah, uh, I I would love to come check out your house, man. It's, uh, have you? So you're moving in, and everything. I'm super shy to see it. Um, yeah, that's nice. That's cool. You're moving in, kind of like sight unseen right you're just kind of like going in blind with it right i've like, never i've never been in this place um which is hugely irresponsible of me um but i can't wait to check it out that's why i wanted a friend along you know isn't isn't it out in that area where all those like gruesome murders happened 50 years ago uh, well, it's like ad- adjacent it's murder adjacent okay but I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that's no problem that's you want to come check it out with me man Come on, come on. You have to. Please, please, dude, be a buddy. Be a buddy. I would love to come see it. You know what? And just, just in case, I'll bring my Ouija board. So I want you to come check it out and help me out and see what you think. Yeah, man. Uh, so I'd probably see you in like, maybe like two weeks move-in date. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing really crazy happening in October. I mean, yep. But I mean, my, my October is cleared. I mean. Okay, cool. Well, you. Oh, okay. Uh, I big. Oh, cool. So next time we see each other, uh, you'll be checking out my new mansion. That's definitely not haunted at all. All right, Stephanie Manor on six 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 Bloodswatter Lane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Was it the the main realtor like Jason E Voorhees? Is that the main like? Oh, you know, you know Jason. Yeah. Jay! 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 Jay, Jay, Jay. I hear he's JV. I hear he's slashing the prices for his home. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was like JV uh, um, hockey, I think. I don't know. He told me so many stories. It's awesome. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Awesome, man. Maybe he'll be there. Maybe he can give me a deal on the home. 
All right, that'd be, oh, dude, oh, my God, can you imagine? Okay, that'd be great. Cool. All right, I'll see you then. I'll see you then. All right, man, I'll be happy to help you. <laughs> All right, and with that, I hope everyone out there has an amazing spooky season in October. Happy, sp- happy spooky season. Enjoy the leaves. Enjoy the, <laughs> Enjoy the leaves. Watch Hocus Pocus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Be good to each other. Love (laughs) y'all.